Welcome back to Straight Up Sports. I am Devin Albertson, your host, joined again by Luke Sanders. Uh, it's March now, so we thought we should do another podcast. I don't know. Basketball time is now. So did the last one over football, quarterbacks, and everything. With Thank yeah. you for listening to that. Uh, but now we're going to go through the NBA, a little bit of Division One college basketball, and then the Division Two tournament is going to start this upcoming weekend. Of course, the regional is in Maryville for the fourth year in a row, so we'll get talking about that at the end. Uh, but right now, we're going to start out with the NBA. Playoffs are coming up here soon. They're game about 64 into the season, so still a little bit left to play. But by this point in the season, you can kind of tell who the contenders and playoff teams and the teams that are going to make the playoffs but aren't any good uh, kind of are. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like in the NBA, you know the contenders about like week one. You know the people that are going to... That's fair. Yeah. It's um, not like... It, there's not as much parity. But at this point, you kind of see... Like, there's some teams that surprise me at this point being better than I thought they were going to be. Um, so there's that. But I don't know if they're title contenders, but they're just better than I thought they were going to be. So the kind of like cream rises at, by this point. Um, teams have played each other enough times, you can kind of see how playoff matchups would go. Um, so we'll start in the West. I think it's a little more interesting at this point. Usually is. Um, so contenders, Lakers, Clippers, with the Nuggets as a distant third is the way I see it. Hmm. Oh, I don't know if the Nuggets are that distant. You don't know if they're that distant? I think that they, they are right now, but... I love you. I love you. Okay. I, I have a jersey up downstairs. There's there's one outlier, or not outlier, but Michael Porter Jr. If he gets healthy, he's another if dimension. If he gets all healthy, they need a third scorer, and if he gets 100% healthy, he could easily be the third scorer. Yes, because they already got Jokic, and they have Murray. Yeah. Uh, they need that third guy they can consistently rely on they have yeah. a guy who always pops up but in the playoffs you can't count on some random dude popping up on a game three in la that's tough no and the nuts and they'll be the three seed yes yeah, so almost be, automatically so they'll so be game in two in la trying to play the clippers you well no i just meant i know what i'm saying they won't have home court advantage because yeah. if they played four in denver i really do think that they would have a chance to beat either of those teams but they need a third score if they want any chance to win one of those games on the road yes absolutely um, so we'll see what happens kind of there with Denver. I do like the way Denver plays and everything. It's just – it's tough when you get to the playoffs, you know, have a third score to – I think that they definitely through. have a chance if they get the Clippers in the matchup, they match which up they the Clippers, most, yeah. most likely will yeah. in the 2-3. Because right now the Lakers do have a six-and-a-half game lead on the Clippers and seven-and-a-half on the Nuggets. Um, then Denver – and actually Oakland, Utah, sorry, is eight-and-a-half back uh, from the Clipper, from the Lakers. So all those teams are kind of – two through four are all kind of jumbled. Hopefully, I'm hoping the Clippers stay in that two-three spot. That way, if they do make it, I don't like. I'm a I'm a LeBron guy. I don't want the Clippers playing the LeBron in the second round. I don't want to see that. I want to see that in the re, in the conference championship game. Either way, series. it's gonna be a real good time. It will be a great series because the Clippers can just throw dudes at LeBron. All right, so here's here's the thing. We got three-six, and that's Denver Houston. I'm just going off what it would be if it ended today. Which, I mean, that's fair. Literally, like you said, two through seven could all flip flop. And five through seven could all – yeah, they're all so close. They're within five games, two through seven. Yeah. So um, so right now be uh, the Lakers would get Memphis. I think that would be a fun to watch five-game series, but <laughs> five-game series. I'm really disappointed that the Pelicans were so far behind because they're a fun team to watch. They don't play any defense. But they're a fun team to watch with Zion. That would Ingram, also be a really ball. fun to watch sweep. Exactly. <laughs> but I'd like to see Zion versus I think LeBron Memphis in the series. would take one because they do actually guard sometimes, unlike the Pelicans. Sometimes yeah. they don't guard. So, And John Moran. John Moran's fun. A lot, of fun. A lot yeah. of fun. So 
lot of good young players in the league right now. So. They Memphis, they just picked up someone, didn't they? Or they're looking at picking. It was I like a, a waivers guy, not okay. a big deal, but it was a like a good big name that used to be really good, but not anymore. There's a lot of those <laughs> going around. Um, like the Lakers just picked up uh, Deion Waiters. Everyone's like, "Oh, good move." I mean, it's not a bad move because you no. don't have anything to lose. But oh, they signed Jonte Porter for next year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it wasn't a big name. They used to be good. I just it was a big name to me because my roommates yeah. are big <laughs> Mizzou fans. Yeah, for next year, Jonte Murray. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Clippers and Dallas. That'll be a pretty fun five game series. <laughs> I think Dallas can make things hard for them. They have no chance of pulling off the upset, but. Um, Luca and Porzingis are a tough enough matchup that they can give the Clippers some trouble, but not enough to push it past even six games is stretching it. There. It depends. If the Clippers come out full bore, ready to just kill Dallas and put oh, Kawhi, <laughs> if they put Kawhi on Luca right off the bat, uh, that'll be a sweep. But I think that they'll try to like you know preserve, preserve, Kawhi. yeah, preserve Kawhi and not put him on Luca for the first series. So I think it'll go five or six, and then about game six, Kawhi six will guard. Six is about the max. Kawhi will guard Luka. Like the game where it's like, all right, we need to win this series, Kawhi will guard Luka, and Luka will still get like 20 and eight, but that's a big difference from what he's doing on a nightly basis usually. Yes. Luka's very fun to watch. He's only, what, 21, 22? Yeah. I mean, I just, it's so weird because he's not very athletic, so I think that a matchup like Kawhi would really hamper him for the most part. But he's still he's, he's very still, good still at, smart and getting to his spots that he'll get. He's enough. very spatially aware with his yeah. moves and stuff like that. So he's just a fun guy to watch. Um, but I also we haven't seen him play in a playoff series yet, so we kind of have to see how he would. Which he did play overseas. Yeah, I know. And you don't you don't want to play the Clippers in your first playoff series ever. They want to get out of that seven spot. Especially when you have Paul George and Kawhi over there with Beverly who can pester you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but three six you have would be Denver Houston, which this, is a complete style difference. That'd be fun. <laughs> I think that might go seven. It it depends which Houston team shows up, which is a lot of it because they've lost four in a row at home to like the four worst teams in the NBA. They lost back to back to the Knicks. No, was it Magic? It was Charlotte and Orlando. Yeah, Orlando's not bad. They are a playoff team. Like they're not a good playoff team. But they, they were down by twenty team. to Charlotte in the first quarter. It was literally twenty to nothing. It was bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, Houston is a definitely a hot or cold team. If they're hitting threes, it can beat anybody. But once they go cold. It gets and Jokic will literally dominate them, but Jokic will have trouble guarding anyone on the court for Houston. Yes. So, so. we'll see about that matchup. That's, that is a very interesting stylistic matchup. I kind of hope Houston goes to the five seed, though, and watch Utah just run through them. So I think, I, think I kind of hope that Houston gets to the five seed and Oklahoma City gets to the four, or vice versa. And I then we get to watch Chris Paul versus the Rockets. That would be interesting, but I just want to see Utah roll through Houston because I think it would happen. Uh, I really do. I think it would be yeah, Rudy, five games. I don't know. I don't know if Rudy Gobert is that offensively good enough to really dominate that yeah, match. Yeah, but they'll put him on Westbrook on defense and say Westbrook shoot 15 threes. And he Utah, hasn't done that. And Utah laughs into the second round because I think Russell will in the playoffs because it's Russell. I mean, he's I, I have hated on Russell Westbrook <laughs> for as long as I can remember. And the way he's played lately has been better. It hasn't better. I just don't know if he will do that in the playoffs when things on the line. I we'll think, see. I hope he will. But also, Utah, I mean, Donovan Mitchell. Very good at basketball. He's good, but I don't I don't know if they have anyone that can really guard James Harden. 
Utah is a very good defensive team, though. They As a team. Do. Yeah. But that's because most teams don't sit there and dribble at the top of the key 30 times and just shoot threes. Like, you have to guard one-on-one. Houston is Houston. different. Yeah, it's fair. It's weird. Also, They're, OKC is the one team that's been like, why are they actually good at basketball this year? It made no sense. It's Chris Paul. Chris Paul and that um, that guard they got from the Clippers trade, Alexander. Oh, yeah. I can't say his name. Like, Gilgi Alexander. Something yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. He's very good at basketball, so he's helped them a lot as well. Steven yeah. Adams has actually done okay this year. Even well, it's funny what happens when you have a real point guard. Boy, I like that. Uh, yeah, the four, five, six. Is the mo- the four, five matchup right now with Utah, Oklahoma City is the most boring playoff matchup that should of two good teams I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's a snoozer. I'm sorry. I want Houston to get to that five spots. Either OKC Houston or Utah Houston would be more entertaining. Than that Denver Utah would also be a very boring playoff series though. That's fair. So, but it'd be like sort of dream scenarios. Like mine would be like Denver OKC and then Utah versus Houston. I don't know. I really, I really want Chris Paul to somehow beat Houston. I think that would be the best. That would be that would be great thing to ever happen. And the NBA is full of petty, so oh, I yeah. love that. Um, they're gonna switch right at the end of the year. They're gonna be like, we're gonna make the matchups this year. They're gonna <laughs> switch them. Um. I'm really disappointed. Like in the eighth seed, I really wanted Portland to make the playoffs, but that's not going to happen. I really wanted because I like watching Damian Lillard play in the playoffs. It just he got hot and they got hurt and they and they never really winning before that. It was really frustrating. Yeah. So Portland just laid an egg this year. It made me sad. So I just wanted to say that because I love Portland. I love Damian Lillard. So made me sad. But Memphis, they're a good story. OKC is a good story. Kind of going in there. So that's the West in the first round. Possible second round matchups. Clippers versus Nuggets could be a lot of fun. Lakers versus that four or five. I think it depends who it is. Houston's probably their worst matchup because of the way Houston plays on offense. But I think they beat OKC or Utah decently easily because of the way they match up with them. Yeah, and you also got to think that that could be Denver in that four or five. Two. It could be Denver in the four or five. It's just it's so like I said, it's so close. We've already talked about that, but. I would love to watch them play Utah because the way they really bully teams right now is just size. Yes. And so I think, obviously, Gobert is one of the best. And Oklahoma City with Adams would probably cause some issues, too. With rim protection, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think the Oklahoma City has enough around Adams. Like That's yeah. probably a five-game series, like you said. I think Utah or Denver could go six. Yeah, I can say that it's somewhere around there. I think Denver could go seven because it's so hard to win at Denver. So if you get to six, you're probably getting to seven. That's for Denver is a tough. Utah place is there. kind of like that too. Yeah, but Denver has an extra element with the um, elevation as yeah. well, so makes it just a little bit harder. But Utah definitely, Utah is definitely a college atmosphere playing there. Yeah, it's one of the few ones in the NBA that's kind of like that. Um, but do you just foresee a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals? Yeah, yeah, go seven games, <laughs> and that's see to me. That's the worst matchup for the Clippers in one respect of you're playing seven row games. Absolutely. <laughs> like, at best, it's 60-40 Lakers. And that's on the that's, Clippers' home games. That's your best-case scenario. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Even the game they had um, Sunday, uh, it was a very it was a Clippers' home game, but it was Lakers' home game. Especially with uh, the whole Kobe thing happening this year, too. Like, yes. Everything's just going to go Lakers. <laughs> But this is so. This could be the year that the Clippers flip it, though. I think if the Clippers beat the Lakers 
in the playoffs in a seven-game series, especially if it's, like, not close, which I don't foresee that happening. Yeah, but if they'd be even five games or something, like Kawhi and Paul George just go freaking ham yeah. and just and then take LeBron and AD out like nothing. I think that if, if they lost in five, I think there's a chance that AD leaves. <laughs> if it goes six or seven, it's a close – like, a close six – because there's a difference. There can be a mm-hmm. yeah, no, close six. and a, But if it's a close six, close seven, I don't think they break that up. But if you go five or six and you were never really in it, mm-hmm. if I'm AD, I'm like, LeBron's – I mean, eventually he's going to get old. It it should happen at least. you know. <laughs> I mean, he's 35 this year, and he's still top two in MVP discussion because he's that good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it ridiculous. Just, it's got to – like <clears> – <throat> It defies logic. It really does. And it's not like – so, like, people have talked about Tom Brady and how he's defied his age. Like, But he doesn't have to be a freak athlete every night either. Like, he can just stand in the pocket and throw. Like, LeBron is – LeBron still drives by Kawhi athlete. Leonard and Paul George and dunks on them. Like, that's yeah. not an easy thing to do at age 35. No, that's <laughs> crazy. It's just – that doesn't happen. I don't, I don't know how else to de- describe it. Like, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. So, we'll see kind of what happens there. Uh, the Clippers – Clippers playing the Lakers, though, they have so many guys that can throw at LeBron in a series and keep guys – I mean, it's tough. Yeah, yeah if Kawhi, I had to pick a team, George, pick more, the Clippers. They have so many guys they can throw at. I know Patrick Beverly says LeBron's easy to guard, which was the most disingenuous thing I've heard from an NBA player in a long time. They say a lot of this stuff. It's absolutely I don't crazy. think it was the most disingenuous. I think he genuinely meant it. I think he's just stupid. <laughs> Like, no, Beverly, it's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, I, he's obviously like, wrong. You can't say that about LeBron or like Shaq in the early 2000s or Kobe or like Kevin Durant. Like, you won't say that about those players. But he meant it. Patrick <laughs> Beverly is that deranged. He is a junkyard dog. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what he is. It's a good deranged, though. I'm not saying like it's a bad Like, you don't want <laughs> Patrick Beverly is 0% scared of LeBron, that's which fair. is the only way you can beat LeBron because that's the Raptors. That's fair. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of the Raptors, we'll go to the East now. Um, right now, the Bucks are running away with the one seed. Toronto's the two seed. It was Boston three, Miami four, Indiana five, the 76ers six. Nets are the seven seed, and Orlando is the eight. And that's going to be the eight because it looks like Washington's five and a half games out. They are not good at basketball. Um, so, yeah, the East is not good, the bottom especially. Uh, but, like, Milwaukee and Toronto, they're going to make it to the second round with their matchups fairly easily. Uh, right now, it'd be Boston versus Philly. Yeah, that won't be close. I was so wrong on Boston being of the year. I did pick them to go to the finals. Yes, you did, and I laughed at you, and I want to apologize for that because I was I underestimated it's, Jason Tatum's uh, development. It still might be. I don't know. That's gonna, it's going to be tough for them, but it's definitely not laughable. Like it, I put happen. I put Philly as a two seed. So yeah, I think so. Well, you know, also Philly has lost. Like, what are they? Through, I mean, they're a long ways from two, but from three, and they're still not very close. They're three games out of the four seed right now. Yeah. So, but it just, like, I like Ben Simmons. I like Joel Embiid. They just don't fit together because their styles are too much. They both have been in the paint. And in today's NBA, you need more spacing. You can't ask Joel Embiid to be on the outside because he is so good inside. And Ben Simmons is terrible outside. Yeah, I'd tell Embiid to go away. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd get a lot back for him, but I'd tell him to go away. I'd rather have Simmons as well. Yeah, that's me saying I really like Joel Embiid. And it's tough saying that because he went to Kansas. And I don't like Joel Embiid. I mean, he's good. But I don't like him. I, I I'd, rather bid, I'd rather build around Ben Simmons, personally. Well, I think that he is not, and I'm not saying he's on this level, but Toronto, not Toronto, gosh dang it. Milwaukee has showed you the blueprint of how to build around Ben Simmons. 
skill-wise, they're very comparable, except for Ben Simmons is a much better passer. So better passer, you yeah. Get, if you had the Bucks, like surrounding parts around Ben Simmons. He'd be very good in that role because yeah. he can just space the floor, attack the basket, some of some collapses, he kicks out, or he just dunks on somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would look a lot like Giannis, like a JV Giannis. Like he yeah, would of not wins, score as much. Instead of being 53-11 right now, they'd be 45-18, like seven yeah. games. A little, a little bit worse, they'd be where Toronto's at right now, but they would still be very good. So, like, I really like Benson. I've liked Benson since the beginning. He needs to figure out a okay jump shot, so people at least have to somewhat come out on him a little Well, bit. I feel like if they didn't have Embiid, he doesn't – I mean, it would – Help his game dramatically. Like even Giannis isn't a great outside shooter, but he can occasionally knock one down, so you have to respect it. No, That's Giannis just shoots him. That's the only difference. I feel like if Ben Simmons shot it, he would make the same amount. Giannis is shooting right now 30.6% from three. That's not good. Like that is, But you just got to shoot it. Like You yeah. got to shoot it enough that people will at least put a hand up when you're going to shoot yeah. the ball. I mean, it's not to where the point where you make a three-pointer in the whole – Arena celebrates going to championship. I mean, yeah. that's where Ben Simmons is at right now because he's made like one. Yeah. Two. Uh, and Ben Simmons would also not rebound the way Giannis rebounds. That's so fair. You would have to have more size, but shooting size. Shooting not, size, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens there with Philly. Um, I'm really kind of, I like that team a lot. I, mean, I thought they were one of the more talented teams in the East. It just didn't fit. The puzzle pieces just didn't fit. Also, a key, a key point with Philly is they haven't had Jason Richardson for a large chunk of the year. He would help And I think out. he's their third guy that they need to have scoring on a nightly basis. So, like You have him and Tobias Harris facing the floor. It helps things out so yeah. much more than just having just Tobias Harris and then two cloggers. Yeah. So that's tough. And they do miss J.J. Redick, who left their free agency as another shooter. Yeah. Um JJ Redick got a lot of money to go be a shooter, though. It's, so I don't fair. Like I mean, I don't blame them. It just you can tell it's hurting them. So oh they, yeah, they need as much shooting as possible. Um, the four or five matchup here: Miami versus Indiana. It's also a snooze fest. <laughs> I just said it's like a throwback to the old days. But teams. I mean, if you're Milwaukee, you want the Heat to get out of that four or five matchup. That's a terrible matchup for them. Miami. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. They put Bam probably on Giannis and Bam and Butler. Just rotate him on there. Can I like do stuff with this? Can I check? I don't think I can. How they do record-wise against them? That's tough. You have to look that. Well, you're gonna look that real quick. Um, you look at Miami versus Indiana. Oladipo's back for Indiana, which makes them a lot tougher. Uh, Sabonis inside is very skilled. Um, but honestly, I've not watched a whole lot of Indiana basketball this year. No, um, they're not bad. Uh, I mean, they're a solid team. But them like, versus Miami would be a really good series. Miami is weird because they match up weird with a lot of teams. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like they match up well with Indiana, just because you have Oladipo, who they're gonna have to put Jimmy Butler on, basically, yeah. and that's it's a lot of work for Butler. Like when you play like the Bucks, Jimmy Butler is gonna guard Giannis some, but then he's gonna guard like Dante Divincenzo for like yeah. half the game and. Not that DiVincenzo is a bad player, but for Jimmy Butler, that's not a hard matchup. Exactly. It's an easier matchup for him, for sure. And, um, yeah, Indiana Old Depot is their go-to guy. I mean, I'm looking at – I mean, Tyler Harrow. I mean, there's some, so many guys averaging over – Yeah, they're just they're a deep. whole lot of guys. I mean, Butler, Drogic, Bam, Nunn, Robinson, Harrow. I mean – but that's also how you beat the Bucks because they have like three 
solid three really good defenders, and then they have to play two guys for shooting and spacing, and yep. those two guys are not great defenders. So, In Miami, they're going to be led by Jimmy Butler. You know they're going to be a hard-nosed team. That's just Jimmy Butler's like yes. makeup of his personality. And then they have Iggy, who's also not a good matchup for – I mean, if you get 10 minutes of peak Iggy, which is yeah. about what you're going to get tonight, yeah. those 10 minutes are going to be really hard on Giannis too. Exactly. They have went 0-2 against Miami. The Bucks have? Yes. Okay. Interesting. And they lost by five in overtime the first time, so really close. But then they lost by 16. That was the one that just happened pretty recently where the Heat just killed Giannis. Oh, yeah. 105-89. Right. Yep. And, like, Miami has – like, Bam Abadayo is one of the few guys in the league who is as long as Giannis and can somewhat keep up with him, like, laterally and stuff like that. He's a very mobile big man. And vertically. And vertically. Very, very vertical. Uh, so <laughs> – so, and it's not like, oh, well, Milwaukee has their big out there. Yeah, it's one of the Lopez brothers. I'm not too worried about it. And him. they're standing on the three-point line. Yeah, especially Brooke. Yeah. So, like, it's not that big of a deal to guard him out there because he's just going to shoot threes. You just close out to him. So And if and if the Bucks change their whole system to beat you, then you've already done what you've wanted. Exactly. Like, if they have to go to an inside game, then, I mean, they're not going to win like that. I'd rather them have to focus Brooke Lopez in the block than Giannis. Yes. So that seems like a win. So yeah. So and Miami Giannis also sprained his knee, so that's not great. It's not great there. So they will definitely monitor that, see how Giannis does um, with that. Uh, but say if Giannis is healthy going into the playoffs, can anybody knock the Bucks off in a seven-game series? Well, like I just said, I think the Heat would have a legitimate shot. They would be a t- that would be so like, the Heat in the semifinals. You remember but LeBron the when he was on the Heat and they played the Pacers? Yes, I think that that's course. what the Milwaukee okay. Heat series would look a lot like. Because um, a weird matchup, because they had Paul George, they had Roy Hibbert defending the rim with David West, like they were a physical team yes. and they could defend the rim, and that's one thing you do versus LeBron. And yeah. then I think that Boston can also beat Milwaukee, but that series looks a lot different. Very, that's different. a high scoring all over the place because Boston's going to struggle a lot because Tice is probably their best big guy, and he's not very strong defensively. Yeah. Cantor's their other best big guy, and he's a complete liability defensively. <laughs> and, and then some. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that means Tyus cannot be guarded by the Lopez brothers, either one of them, because he's so versatile. He can mm-hmm. go outside, inside. Um, and then at year four, you're going to have Jason Tatum. And uh, right now, no one in the league can guard Jason Tatum. <laughs> Tatum is very like, – that's one thing I like Boston. Sure. I didn't see Tatum taking this big of a leap to be a star player. Also, the Bucks don't really have anyone for Kemba. Last year they had Mal- Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. I think they're really going to miss He's him. He's now in Indiana. Yeah. So. so definitely tough matchup there. Do you believe in Toronto? Because I do not. I know they're the defending champs. I can. I believe in Toronto to compete. They also – I think that they have a chance of beating the Bucks only because of matchups as well. Pascal Siakam is another really good matchup for Giannis. Like mm-hmm. there's another guy that – laterally he might actually be quicker than Giannis. He's not as vertical as Giannis is. Probably not as strong either. And not as strong. Yeah. But – He's a decent. I mean, when you come when it comes to like players like Giannis and LeBron, there's only decent decent matchups. Like there's you don't not have a great like so matchup. many guys you can throw at. <laughs> like the only guy that I would take one on one guarding Giannis more than half the time he's going to win the matchup is maybe Kawhi. It's fair, and that's, that's that happened last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. that's why. But Toronto they, won. but also Toronto. I mean, he didn't clamp Giannis by himself. They just yeah. Everyone was like, Marcus Gasol would literally stand. Four inches away from the paint because you can't do yeah. that defensive three seconds. And as soon as Giannis drove, he was right there. Yeah, because they didn't. They're like, if Brook Lopez makes a three, okay. Yeah, to live with him making yeah. five six threes if he can, whatever. So um, I think I think Milwaukee is absolutely beatable. They remind me like 
they're a regular season team. It's fair because you can't you can't sit there and prepare for Giannis in the way you have to to beat him in the every season. night. Yeah, come off back to back or something like that. Yeah, like, him, you just can't. Um, I do think the Bucks make it out of the East. Um, I think they play Boston in the conference finals. I don't think Toronto gets by Boston. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think Milwaukee does maybe six games as far as he's. I, I think Milwaukee's really good. Uh, I think Giannis this year is going to play better in the playoffs. I mean, they were up 2 0 on Toronto last year, then Kawhi happened. But also, I don't think it depends on Giannis because Giannis is going to get his. I think a lot of it depends on players like Chris Middleton and Lopez. And I don't trust them. That's, I mean, I, I understand that. I absolutely understand that because Middleton has not shown that you can be trusted. So to me, the East is wide open. I don't trust anyone. That's that's okay. the real answer because Boston's really young outside of Canva still. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of their role players, but yeah. their stars are young. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I guess Gordon Hayward's pretty old, but he's an older better. player, but he's still, yep. I know you're talking about. But then, and then there's Miami where I trust Jimmy Butler and then the rest are kind of, how are they going to show up in the playoffs? Indiana are kind of all question marks, but they could be really good. Like Sabonis, not really a playoff. Haven't really seen playoffs from him yet. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of games. Old Depot has been good in the playoffs. But he's only played like what? Probably three or four series total. Probably. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but who do you think wins the East? If you're... <sighs> After saying all that, you're going to say the Bucs, aren't you? <laughs> Boston. Okay. You're going to say with Boston. I like the Bucs. It's like, so to me, it's like 33-33-33, Boston, Miami, Milwaukee. Okay. Only because I think if the Heat come out of that, if if the Heat go 2-3, I don't think there's a chance that they, like if they get up to the 3, I don't think there's a chance, but if they stay in that 4-5 matchup, if they you get to the three, they're passing Boston. Boston plays Milwaukee in the second round. Yes, and I think the only way that they come out and beat Boston, I think Boston's the harder, harder matchup for the Heat, okay. is if you already have the confidence of beating the Bucks. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Fair. I think the Bucks come out of the East. So I think it's going to be Lakers-Bucks in the finals. That's where I'm going to go with now. And um, LeBron, I trust. I definitely got the Clippers. I, I trust LeBron. I trust Anthony Davis. And the rest of that roster is abysmal. It's bad. There's no defense for the rest of that roster. Let's go Kuzma. <laughs> like, oh, well, Kuzma, I mean, has moments, but he's going to be guarded by Morris or Kawhi or whoever's not guarding <laughs> LeBron, and that's not a good matchup for him. Let's see. I think the Lakers do it. I think LeBron gets it this year. Next year, the Clippers wipe the floor with him. <laughs> I just – I don't think the Lakers have a good enough team. Uh, you're relying on – LeBron and AD probably going for 70, 80 points a night if you think that they're beating the Clippers. They, if they don't get to 70, there's I a think, 0% I, chance that the I Lakers think there's a couple games the Lakers and they play the Clippers or the role players definitely come up and play better with LeBron. All right, how do you feel about that statement? If the Lakers and AD don't get to – or if LeBron and AD don't get to 70, can the Lakers win the game? They might win one game that way because, say, LeBron has 12, 13 assists. Getting out of the shooters, say, Bradley has a game. Like, Bradley played great on Sunday – he has one of those games in the playoffs. They might win one of those games. But, like, it's something you're going to count on, definitely, for yeah. sure. I just think asking two players to get to 70 every single game of a series is a lot. And not it, only – do it four times. <laughs> but they don't have to do it four times. They have to do it 12 times. I'm talking about versus the Clippers. I think that if I think you they're versus most other people. So Okay, well, you get Memphis. Okay, they don't have to do it. Memphis, Memphis is fine. <laughs> but whoever you get in that second matchup, LeBron and AD got to get to 60 in those matchups. Because yeah, probably. That's relying on 40, 50 points from another, from everybody else. Especially if you're playing Houston, if that's your matchup. You have to score a lot of points, yeah. They definitely have to do it, but you're also not getting guarded if you're AD. 
So I just I think that the Lakers have to try a lot harder to get to the conference championship than the Clippers because the Clippers have so many people like Kawhi can play 25, 30 minutes a game the whole playoffs. That's fair. And they're probably making the conference finals. Definitely the Uber team. I don't know. I just it's hard to bet against LeBron in the playoffs. That's that's where I'm at right there. Not after he's playing West teams. Okay, like three and five. Three and six, I think. Um, I like the MVP. Cards. Um, so how how do you decide the MVP? Is it the I'm most valuable gonna... player? Is it the best player? What is it? It's a mixture of the two. I think Giannis is going to get it, but I absolutely understand the vote for LeBron because LeBron is the league MVP almost every year, anyways. So just like so, I don't think that either LeBron or Giannis should win the award based on either of those arguments. I think Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA right now. Now, Giannis has the best stats, and Giannis probably should get the MVP award how it's given out right now. Yeah. And the most valuable player is nobody that we've talked about this whole time. The most valuable player for his team, without a doubt to me, is Bradley Beal. And their team sucks, and they're not very good. But if they didn't have Bradley Beal, I don't know if they would have won a dang game this season. He also plays zero defense. Like he is, the, he can play defense. I know, but I'm saying he's the worst defensive guard in the league. No, Trey Young's the worst defensive guard in the league. He's the second worst defensive guard in the league. <laughs> Good for him. I don't uh, think. I mean, he's not that bad at defense. But if you're on the Wizards, all your defensive ratings probably look bad. They're playing Bertrands. They're not good. Yeah. Um, so we'll wrap it up here. I think Giannis does get the MVP, but I. Also, like, wouldn't be mad if LeBron got it. Because of course, you wouldn't be mad. I think LeBron has a really. good I think LeBron for this weekend has a much better chance after he played versus the Bucks and the Clippers this weekend. How well he played. I think LeBron's best. It's almost like the Heisman moment kind of thing there yeah. for it. So definitely there. But his best argument is the narrative, though, like the story, because the story behind him winning this year is really cool. It would be really cool. But so. I hate that. I really do dislike that a lot. Because that was how that was how, almost how Drew Brees beat Mahomes. It's how Westbrook won an MVP over Harden that year. Because he had the triple-double. Okay, but he did average a triple-double. He shouldn't have got it. It should have been hurting. Anyways, that's all we have for NBA Talk. When we come back, we got college basketball coming up next. Welcome back into Straight Up Sports. Devin Albertson with Luke Sanders. As we just talked about the NBA playoffs, a little bit of the NBA, MVP discussion there at the end. But now we're going to go to college basketball division one and kind of talk about with Selection Sunday coming up in exactly in just under a week here. Um, what's going to happen here in this tournament, which college basketball has kind of turned into a three-week sport a little bit when people actually start paying attention is now. Um, and I am also guilty of that. Um, but we'll see what happens this year. Just a weird year in college basketball. Uh, it's kind of a weak freshman class that kind of came in. A lot of other guys went overseas or they had disputes with the NCAA about eligibility mm-hmm. or they ended up on really bad teams, so they're not going to be in the tournament. Um, Anthony Edwards from Georgia comes to mind, some guys like that. So kind of a weird year for college basketball because right now the one seeds, according to Joe Lenardi, are Kansas, it's understandable, uh, Dayton, Gonzaga, and Baylor, with Florida State and Creighton and San Diego State all kind of on the outside looking Yeah, I don't think that that will be the Final Four just because I don't think Kansas and Baylor are both going to get one. I think whichever team wins the Big 12 champion – I, I take that back. If Baylor wins the Big 12 championship, they will both be one seeds. If Kansas wins, I don't think Baylor. Who do you think will Florida State or like Kentucky or one of those teams jump in the one? Just line? whichever one of those teams <laughs> win their conference championship. Okay. If they both do, I think Kentucky would jump Florida State, honestly. Kentucky had a very um, – they were down huge to Florida. They came back and won that game Saturday. It was a big win for them. Yeah, so I don't think San Diego State – I don't think there's any chance 
that they put Dayton and San Diego State as one seeds with Gonzaga. Like that's, I, I get Gonzaga. Gonzaga's been consistent for long enough. That I mean, like, it's that's true, different. but it's also having WCC, A10, and the Mountain West as your one seed is really tough to see. I know it's, it's it's kind of a crappy thing to do to a good team and stuff like that because I think they all are pretty like they've have well, good resumes. It's not a crappy thing to put a team at the but like, seed. and it's not. I'm saying like three mid-major schools being the one seed of your four is tough to see. Like, it just kind of shows how much parity there is in college basketball this year. And like the the blue like Duke's still a three seed, but they're not the normal Duke. Michigan State's a three seed, but they're not the normal Michigan State. I mean, the yeah. Big Ten right now has ten teams in according to Joe Lenardi, and the highest one rated is Michigan State as a three seed. I just feel like to me that these teams that are low, like Villanova, Villanova's a three, Michigan State's a three, Duke's a three. I think it makes them it makes it easier for them because they don't have the pressure that they usually have of being that one seed. Like how many times has Coach K been in them been able to go into his locker room and be like, Hey, we're not really expected to win this thing. Just go That's out fair. and ball out and do what you do. Um, obviously you don't get the matchup with the sixteen seed, which hurts because only one team's ever lost to a 16 seed. But Shout out Virginia. At, the at least they time. have a good offense. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, are they making the tournament this year? Oh, uh, yeah. Where are they at on here? Oh, they're a six seed. Right now, playing either Stanford, Indiana, the play-in game. Yeah, I mean, these matchups aren't very They're not. They're definitely not what it's going to be, but it's just always kind of interesting to kind of see what they would do. Play Michigan State in the second round. Um, I so, think that – so right now we – have Baylor would play LSU Rutgers. I think if Baylor played LSU, that would actually be a really good matchup, depending on which. Like, these teams are just so spotty. Like, I've watched LSU come out and play amazing basketball at points in this year. I've probably watched more SEC basketball than anything because my friends are Mizzou fans. Run Auburn off the floor, like, play with Kentucky. And, and then lose to Mizzou. That's not makes no sense. Mizzou's but, not good at basketball. No. No, it was Auburn that lost to Mizzou. That I yeah, Auburn them. lost to Mizzou. That was not good for them. Um, but, like, LSU, they could beat Baylor. Like, that's – an 8-9 matchup that absolutely has a chance. Mm-hmm. Arizona is the same way. They played really good basketball points this year. They would be playing Gonzaga in that second round. Like This this might be the hardest March Madness to ever pick a bracket because every game could legit go either way. I put, um, is anyone actually good? I said maybe Kansas, which hurts me to say. And then field is wide open. Good luck filling out your brackets this year, which always good luck. But like this year it's even harder, I think. Because all these teams are so hit and miss, depending on the day. I mean, if you think about even four or five years ago, you had, like, locks. that so you knew we were going to the Sweet 16. Like North Carolina, they're going deep, probably. Michigan State, they're pretty solid. I don't Bill feel like you ever had locks beyond the Sweet 16 just because of how crazy. But, like, yeah. I had usually in a year you have five or six teams where you're like, that team is absolutely going to the Sweet 16. This year I have one. Kansas. Man, I hate to, I hate saying it, but and, you're right. And most likely Kentucky, I think, will. That would be my second closest lock. Mm-hmm. And Gonzaga. Because Gonzaga's got so many bigs that there's not a lot of schools to match up with that. So I'd say there's like – but I, I guess I shouldn't say that. There's one lock. The other two I can make a very strong argument. And it also kind of depends on which – maybe one of these teams gets a really good matchup for the first turn, little tournament they're in. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, that team is most likely going to get through. Like, you'll see that they'll get lucky with some of that. Or be like, that team has two other teams in their little mini tournament there that's going to be Actually, to I'm locking Villanova, too, because of Jay Wright. And that's it. That's the only two locks you get. <laughs> Kansas and Villanova. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be wide open this year. I definitely need to bear down and watch some college basketball. Well, conference, nothing, nothing, no time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No time better than now for no college basketball. No time better than the conference championship. That's fair. 
I mean, right now we are actually watching Georgetown play Villanova. And currently, Georgetown's up 69-67 with under a minute to go. Nice. There's my lock. <laughs> There's my lock. I'm uh, playing, losing to Georgetown. What's this, first, second round? Big East? I don't think they're in. Are they in the tournament yet? I don't. Uh, probably not. I bet this is the last regular season. No, they're in Georgetown, so it's going to be regular season. Ooh, Villanova's got a steal. Anyways. Not doing live play-by-play for the podcast. You're going to too later. So <laughs> um, we'll see what happens there. Um, but right now, according to Lenardi, teams by conference, Big Ten getting 10 teams in, Pac-12 getting seven, Big 12 six, Big East six, ACC five, SEC four, West Coast three, American two, Mountain West two. This has to be the worst ACC ever. It's not great. I mean, it, it hurts if North Carolina's down. The it Big Ten's not top-heavy, but they have, it's I mean, deep. they're deep. I mean, Iowa and Penn State Pac-12's are like eight. pretty top-heavy because they got Oregon. Actually, I think they only have Oregon, so maybe they're not top-heavy. But Oregon right now is a four-seed, according to this. I think that if Oregon wins their conference tournament, they'll be up at a three or maybe even mm-hmm. a two, depending on how they win it. Because, I mean, you have Creighton. You have <laughs> at a two right now. Hey, they won the Big East. They're good season title. Yeah, but if they don't win the conference tournament, they will not be a two. Most likely not. So... There's a lot of pressure on a lot of these teams, um, like Seton Hall and Villanova. They're both at threes right now. If one of those teams will probably fall to a four when they don't win their conference, especially if well, if like Seton Hall, if they beat Villanova and Creighton to win the Big East, that's huge for them. Or Villanova beats Seton Hall and Creighton. Yeah, if, and they maybe in that it. scenario, if they beat both of them, they might move to the two. But yeah. like, it's just so crazy. Like you said, the parity. Like mm-hmm. anybody can beat anybody. It's so close in all those teams. Yeah, so we'll see what kind of happens. It's it's super tough to college basketball this year, and I don't know the talent level in college basketball. I think is a little down this year because you don't have the the stars at the top. All right, we'll you, talk about some of the stars that we have here. We'll get to that right now. Oh wait, hold up! I got one question for you. So you have to pick one team, five seed or higher, to win the Natty this year. Who do you pick? Because like we said, anybody can beat anybody. This is five seed or higher. Probably the most likely year to ever have something like that happen. It's like, like, which six seed could I see it come out of nowhere? Just, uh, ooh. All right, I got mine. I don't know, man. Well, who's yours? I got Virginia at the six. Good chance. I mean, they guard everybody. It's where the offense is going to come up. Now, if they get to play Michigan State second round, I don't like that matchup, but I'm not basing it off the matchups right now. That's that's You can't really right now because you don't have matchups. Um, wow. On this, I have. <laughs> I kind of put you on the spot. You did put me on the spot. You know what? Just to be, let's go Iowa. Let's see what they got for me. Another team, Luca Garza, take them to the championship. Let's go. Another team I can see is West Virginia. They just play such a different style. That yeah, they're a hard matchup, but they also can lose to anyone. So yeah, it's really tough. I <laughs> it's gonna suck for the tournament this year. I'm gonna fill out brackets, and they're all gonna be so wrong. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Ooh. I I don't think I've won a bracket challenge in a couple of years, so I don't think I ever have. Like with my buddies, not like an actual like yeah. won anything, but I used to be good at them. You know, when teams would play, players would play for like three or four years, so I could get yeah, a feel you for the psycho cheat North Carolina. Like, well, yeah, okay, that was easy. <laughs> that was so easy. I was like North Carolina, duh. They were so much better than everyone else. Yeah. But I mean, even like is that when they had Ty Lawson too? They lost in Hansborough. They were ridiculous. Yeah, they were Ellington, good. yeah, they were good. Um, so anyways, players to watch in this year's tournament, uh, the kid from Dayton, 
The kid from Dayton? I can't say his name. I was screwed I, up. I know. I just really wanted you to try to say it. Obi Toppin? Obi Toppin. I got it right this time. I, I butchered it Saturday. I, it was so bad. Uh, <laughs> he's averaging 28 this year, and he just dunked on everybody. He's really good. <laughs> he's he really athlete. good. He's one of those guys who last year as a freshman could have came in the NBA, decided to stay another year. And then he, he's a man of X boys. Yeah. Especially in the A-10. See, I wish more people would stay. Because, like, Obi Toppin would have been a high draft pick last year, probably top, top 10. 15. Top, top 15, 15 yeah. somewhere in there. He is going to go top two, top three. Probably. I mean, top five I least. would take him first, but I'd. A lot of the NBA is like. Tough. Mellow ball, baby, let's go. It's who you yeah, need. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. He's a very explosive player. I mean, one game, he did have 10 dunks in one game earlier this year, yeah. which is a lot of dunks. I mean, he's very explosive. He's very fun to watch. Um, we'll see what he does against other bigs in the tournament. We'll see how he plays against those. Yeah, so kind of. We'll um, explosiveness wise, he's not as like heavy, but he has a Zion count there. Mm-hmm. He gets up there. Um, other guys, I mean, Duke has two guys with Kerry Jr. and Trey Jones, who are both pretty good. Kansas with Dotson and Azubuke. Um I think that it's going to be interesting to see if like guards prevail as they usually do in the tournament because some of those bigs can really dominate. And so, like, Duke's Kerry, I like him a lot. Then you talked about Garza from Iowa. Averaging but, 23 and 10 this but year. But they don't really have great guards. Neither, I mean, Trey Jones is great defensively. He's amazing defensively. Mm-hmm. Probably the best defensive guard in the nation. Offensively, he's all right. Yeah. So it just, it's been guards historically. And all the <coughs> best top players to me are bigs. So that's why a guy like Cassius Winston at Michigan State could lead them to a title because he is a senior guard, has a lot of experience. Take over games. Like one of those things you can kind of see that kind of happening. Um, Kid from Marquette, I did not realize he was averaging 27 a game this year. Marcus Howard. Yeah. He's, and he's, he, he's a guy that can make some noise. He's right been now, 50 twice this year. Right now, their last four buys for the tournament. So, like, they're barely in right now. So, but it's definitely a guy that I want to see in there because I want to see what he does um, in the tournament because he's just a fun player. He's a senior. I mean, he just he gets score. He gets buckets. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm going to look at a draft board here real quick if you want to fill some time. Um, other guys, some older guards, Malachi Flynn from San Diego State, transferred from Washington State, after 16 this year for the Aztecs. He's a guy who can do some stuff. Uh, Miles Powell for Seton Hall, averaging 21 and 5 with a couple assists per game. Another guy who can make some noise in the tournament. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to say Norwa from Louisville, averaging 19 and 7. Another kind of a big guy. I mean, as you said, there's a lot of good bigs. Jalen Smith, sophomore from Maryland, he's averaging 15 and 10 with uh, two and a half blocks a game this year. Definitely guys who can protect the rim. I mean, there's just a lot of good players this year, but there's not not a whole lot of guys you think, oh, this guy's just going to take over the tournament. There's the Pritchard kid from Oregon averaging about 20 game this year with six assists. But, like, yeah. I don't know if he has enough around him to get deep. So we'll see what happens. Um, so I was looking here at where Marcus Howard is projected. He's in, like, the 40 to 45 range. I think, to me, he could be a person that makes, like, a John Moran type of run. Now, he's not as good seeing the floor as John Moran mm-hmm. at all because he's not a real big assist guy. Three game. But if you could, like, if he can take that tournament production that John Moran showed and just take over for a few games. He's a guy that an owner NBA will see. NBA is so fast to flip on people. He's a guy that the owner will see drop 35 in the tournament game and go, who's the Howard kid? We should draft him. It sounds like you're talking about James Dolan. <laughs> No. <laughs> and as a GM, you're like, well, the owner told me to draft him. He's kind of my boss. And if he fails, it's kind of on the owner, not me. And then you get fired later anyways. 
kind of what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll definitely see what kind of happens. I just kind of threw some guys on a list here and started naming off people. But, like, there's a guy from Gonzaga. He's a big, averaging 18 and 8. First name is Philip. Can't say his last name because he's from Serbia. <laughs> I don't want to butcher I'm him. I'm not going to try either. I'm, they also have Tilly, too. Yeah. So they're definitely um, – Gonzaga just always got the bigs. They always get the bigs there. It's, that's why I love Mark Few. Yeah. I love Gonzaga, but I just don't know how I haven't watched enough for games this year. Um, so we'll kind of see. Uh, the Butler kid from Baylor, he's averaging 15 this year. He's what they need to – he needs to play well for them offensively for them to win tournament games because Baylor can play defense. Their offense can lack at times. Yeah. Um, a lot. Given Villanova. I don't know. Bay. Sadiq Bay, yeah, that guy. He's having fifteen and five this year. He's solid. Uh, I will say, is Texas Tech in there? I don't even remember. I'm just going through the draft board here, and I uh, don't think Tech was because Ramsey was really fun to watch. I've watched him a few times. I, I only watch Tech because Mahomes will tweet about it, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'll go in here and give them some views because I love Mahomes. Mahomes tells you to do something, you do it. That's the law. All right, that's the law for Missouri and. The Midwest, if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, uh, they're third in the Big 12, so they're going to make the tournament. Jordan Nora from Louisville. He's another really good person to watch. Right now, Tech is a 10 seed. Be a fun – I don't know that they're competitive, but he's a fun person to watch. In Kansas with Dotson. I already said Uduko earlier. and they're, He's a big inside. He's so good inside. Uh, Pritchard from Oregon. Yeah, I said him. 20 points a game pretty much. Six assist, the senior guard. You always like the senior guards in the tournament because you know they're going to handle the pressure and stuff like that. Usually, in most yeah, cases. I was going to say I don't in remember if Oregon's gone to the tournament very much in his career, but I would assume they've been there. But I don't think they've done. Also, anything. Oregon's trying to become, I think, the first team in a long time in the Pac-12 to win the football championship, the women's championship in basketball, and the men's basketball championship in the same year. Well, good thing it's really easy to win all that stuff in the Big Twelve and the Pac-12. <laughs> Except for the women's, the women's actually they, they have a, they have a baller on the women's side. I don't remember her name. Serena, whatever. She's really good. Sabrina, yeah. Sabrina. She's very good. Yes. So that's why Oregon basketball is good now for a girls' side. And this is the Pac-12. The top is down. Uh, maybe UCLA will get there eventually. I mean, they turn things around mid-season. So well, if they keep quit getting rid of all the ball kids, it would have been pretty all right. That's fair. They made Levar mad. You can't do that. He was on. Uh, undisputed recently. Okay, we're not. I'm not getting. Any <laughs> we're not talking about Levar Ball now. Why not? No. <laughs> not getting any time. Never lost. Did you mention the point guard from Seton Hall? I can't remember. Uh, I did not. Uh, yeah, I mentioned him in passing. Yeah, 21 and six this year. It's a couple assists a game. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. There's a lot of pretty good players um, this year. So we we'll kind of see what happens <laughs> with it. But as I said, we haven't watched enough college basketball. We'll have a better kind of feel for it after the tournament tournaments this week and who's going to be where. And it's kind of tough with seeding. They kind of pick which team they're going to go for without seeing the matchups they have to get through. That's the biggest thing in college basketball. It's all matchups. Always. So we'll see what happens uh, with college basketball. It's going to be a little shorter segment there because it's Division One college basketball. And we both watched more Division Two this year. Um, which sounds so weird. I've never said that in my entire life. <laughs> But when you have a team in your backyard that plays as good as basketball as Northwest Missouri State. Well, when you work for the team in your backyard. Well, that's, that's your thing. But for me, like when a team in your backyard and they play that well. Yeah. They're, they're fun to watch. So I mean, I got to watch them three times this week. So that was a good time. 
I got I watched him in person live twice, and then I watched most of the sec, the middle game um, after playing basketball. So, all right, okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, the Division Two bracket, starting with the regional that's happening here in Maryville, starting Saturday next. Welcome back into Straight Up Sports Division Two basketball talk now uh, with the D two regional tournament coming to Maryville. As Northwest Missouri State is the one seed, the two seed will be Southern Nazarene, three seed will be Southern Southeastern Oklahoma, four seed Northern State, five seed Missouri Southern, six seed is Rogers State, seven seed Henderson State, and the eight seed is Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, so four Great American Conference schools, three MIAA, and then one Northern Sun School with Northern State, who won their regular season and conference tournaments to secure the four seed. Um, start off with here, uh, Minnesota Duluth was a team that I thought may have had a case for the 8th seed. I know the Northern Sun was down a bit this year, especially from where they were in the past. Remember Augustana and Southwest Minnesota State, they were all kind of at their peak. Um, the conference was really good a couple years ago. They've definitely had some graduation issues and trying to replenish the talent up there. They'll get back to where they need to be, but uh, we'll see what happens going forward in the Northern Sun. Uh, but Duluth, also I kind of want to see Duluth make the 8th seed because their best player, the redshirt freshman guard, uh, Drew Blair, did commit to Northwest Missouri State originally, came to campus, wasn't here very long, and then transferred to Duluth. Now he's playing there. So not sure what happened behind the scene there. I guess it wasn't a great fit for him here in Maryville. Uh, I will say, if he'd be on this team, him, Diego, and Hudgens would be a very good trio as, for, as young guards. But he's in Minnesota Duluth, having a good time up there in the tundra. Um, so Oklahoma Badgers is the eighth seed over Northwest. And Northwest Missouri State, I watched them Thursday and Sunday this past week in the MIAA tournament. Luke was there all th- the whole tournament. He saw everything. Everything. I saw everything. <laughs> Luke doesn't leave there. He, he <laughs> lived in the municipal auditorium for a week. So That's a good time. Lots of good games. Yeah. MIAA uh, did a pretty good job putting it on. I watched the championship game versus Central Missouri and Emporia. It's a very good game. Yeah. Uh, Central probably – I haven't looked yet, but I'm assuming they lock up the regional with that game. Yep, they are the one seed. <laughs> yeah, they played really well. Uh, Emporia is the four seed, I believe, too, so they can meet again in the semifinals. Yeah, and uh, I would assume that Fort Hayes also got into that. They are the sixth seed, I believe, yeah. six or seven. I, I figured the MIAA would get three teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duluth is a two seed there. They're pretty good, so we'll see what happens with Duluth and Central. Women's basketball for the MIAA is really good right now. Yes, it is. Uh, a little plug there, but sure. yeah, I, I think that uh, – <laughs> UCM is tough. Hayes is tough. Um, Poria is really one-person centric around Molly Muncy. She scored 37 and they lost. Yeah, That's and tough. she didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter enough. That was their issue. They had a good run in the third quarter to take the lead there. They were up by six. I think she got tired. I, if I were a coach, I would have probably sat her for a couple minutes there, gave her the quarter. and then. But either way, you UCM have to find with, the ball. You have to get her the yeah. ball. UCM because even at Fleming and Skaggs just kind of wear you down. Yeah, and even at the end when um, – Muncie had three possessions in a row, or three possessions in the fourth quarter where I remember her getting the ball. Two of them, one, she missed a three. That was a tough three, a really tough three towards the end of the game. The time before that, she drove past her girl, got a foul, made her two free throws, the only two points she scored in the fourth quarter. And the first touch she got was really with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, drove right past and missed. I mean, she missed a lap that she would have normally made in that game. But – even at that point, she was still beating her girl off the dribble every time. I don't understand how you don't get her the ball there. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but, yeah, Central Missouri, very good. Emporia, Fort Hayes, 
the normal at the top there, especially with Emporia and Fort Hayes. Yeah. Uh, probably Pitt State's the only one that has been on the top that wasn't in the tournament this year. Yeah, they, um, they all good. the teams in the MIAA have really dealt with some injury issues. Uh, Fort Hayes is missing Lenny Page right now. They probably would have been higher. Yes, they'd probably be in the top two or three seeds in that. Yeah, and of course, Cardi and Missouri Western are both really good this year as well. So, yeah, a lot of good teams in the MIAA on the girls' side this year. Uh, but for the guys' tournament, we'll have the first round game that will be here in Maryville Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Northwest Missouri State, the host, the host school, playing Oklahoma Baptist in their first ever trip to the NCAA tournaments. And what a rude awakening uh, for them. The Bison, they got to play Northwest. Um, MIAA Player of the Year, Trevor Hudgens, um, was also the MIAA Tournament MVP. Um, he dropped, what was it, 31 in the championship game? 31. Him and Yep, him, actually him and Cam both tied high for a championship game at 31. Nice. Uh, it was back and forth game. Hudgens, I believe, had – was on a 9-0 stretch by himself before Diego's last little layup there to end the game. Um, and Hudgens was going by whoever was guarding him and getting layups somehow to go, to go in. Yeah. The backboard. Um, I was actually really surprised a lot of times. So sometimes they get the switch on Cam, and obviously that's a mismatch. Every but, time. But um, Hudgens got the switch on Lambert a few times, and Lambert's one of the best defenders in the MIAA, mm-hmm. and it wasn't close. Like Hudgens just that last layup he got switched on to Elijah Clark, who's also a very good defender, very long. And Hudgens gave him a little yo-yo move, a step back, and then blew by him and finished on the rim. And it was really impressive. It's like I don't understand it. It's Hudgens. He had the step back three versus Lambert is the one that was kind of the dagger that put him up by like five. Yeah, Hudgens is very good at basketball. That's all I'm gonna say. Not bad. Um, I believe I've looked at it. If you follow me on Twitter, I always post Northwest and they're like their career. Arc if they're probably going to pass anybody where they're at in their career marks Northwest history. Uh, Hudgens is probably going to beat Pitts in points, and he is going to beat him in assists probably next year. Um, I will give Pitts the defense on the assist thing. The people that are around Hudgens are much better scores. That's fair. Um, I would say some of the people that Pitts played with were probably more defensive minded. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because yeah. Kurth was a great defender when he played there. Ibu and Dow developed a jump shot late, mm-hmm. but not a lot. Early on, it was a lot of just that. like Crooker could score a little bit. Snyder was a spot up shooter. And they actually had a true big with either Doherty or Kozad. Yeah. So, definitely a little different there um, with Pitts, who did have 533 assists. In oh, his yeah. Career. Not like he had a bad number. But Hudgens is averaging like 200 assists a year. So, he's going to blow Pitts' record. Yeah. Out of the water, which is insane because Pitts was very good. He's also going to pass him on points, which I didn't think was going to be possible when Pitts graduated. Then Hudgens like, here, hold my water. Yeah, I wonder. Uh... <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, <laughs> you threw me off there. That is very good. Um, Ryan Hawkins, leading scorer on the team this year, kind of taking over the Joey Wittis role from last year, and six, seven wing, shoot, drive the basket, post up, you know, whatever they need to do. Also, best defender in the league, defensive player of the year, uh, all tournament team. He was the defensive player of the year, <laughs> and he is a really, really good defender. Mm-hmm. I do not think he's the best defender in the league. The other, the other voter said. <laughs> Well, it's because – so a lot of defensive player of the year goes with stats because mm-hmm. how else do you – I mean, the other SIDs don't watch mm-hmm. Northwest play. I would say Northwest Diego Bernard is the best defender in the league. That's, that's, I, I can see the argument for that. <laughs> um, and and then I would say Hawkins is second. So this isn't like a bash on Hawkins. And they were both all defensive team yeah. with like Braylon Walker and a kid from Rogers. And it was, was it Lambert was the fifth? I don't think Lambert was on the team. That's tough. I don't remember who the fifth guy was, but it wasn't Lambert, I don't believe. Um, I think maybe he came from Northeastern State. Oh, yeah, they had some pretty good defenders. Um, so, But Lambert was definitely a very good defender, as you've said there multiple times. And he's very good. Um, 
but we'll kind of see. Then, like, and also, just a little backtrack here, the MIAA awards, um, it was a three-guy race for the MIAA Player of the Year between Hudgens, Hawkins, and then Cam Martin. And none of those would have been a bad, bad vote. No. I almost thought Martin was going to get it because I thought Hudgens and Hawkins would almost split votes. They kind of just gave the, well, Hudgens, you be offensive player, then Hawkins, you be the defensive player of the year. And Cam Martin, we're sorry. You finished third in the offense. <laughs> yeah, and to me, the MIAA, a lot of it is revolved around winning. Yes, it is. Um, for example, Molly Muncy should have absolutely been the MVP of the tournament, and it wasn't close. But Central Missouri won, so they gave a co-MVP. With who was the, the Fleming? Uh, Fleming, yeah. Who played amazing. But, he played great, yeah. Um, Muncy was the third. Muncy forward. broke the tournament record by most points in a tournament for, by like 10 points, 11 points, which mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So, um, just that's in playing lot. three games, it's at least three extra points per game, three to four. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> to do consistently, yeah. So, definitely interesting there. And then, like, the other guys from Oplus, Diego Bernard, who was third team all in my double all defensive team. I just said maybe the best defender in the league. Maybe the best wing, like guard defender in the he league. He is the best guard defender. Yeah, we'll go with that. He's He can also jump out of the damn gym. Yeah. <laughs> he had 19 rebounds versus Missouri Western. Yep. I know. I was I was doing the stats on that game, and we were just begging for something to put anywhere close to Diego to be like, all right, we can give him 20, because that was the, the tournament record. and uh, It's he, also tied for the fifth most in Northwest history. Yeah. yeah. And the other guys were like in the 60s. There was like, yeah, and then there was 23 – 20, 20, 20, 19. Yeah. Missed about one. He would have been tied for second. So, yeah. So, Diego, as a six one guard, that's how explosive he is. And he had that hammer dunk versus Lincoln Thursday to kind of put the exclamation point in the second half. It was pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah. Diego, very good at basketball. Ryan Welty, their spot up shooter, good defender Just as well. Mr. Reliable. Mr. Always Depend- dependable. Yeah, Mr. Dependable. I like reliable better. That's what I'm using Max words. Max words. I'm not arguing with Mac, all right? <laughs> Um, then of course, it, it literally means the same thing. Yeah. Um, then you have Luke Waters and Wes Dreamer both play the stretch big kind of role for him. Uh, uh, yeah, both guard. They're out there to guard. That's what their role is. And then if they leave him open for three, knock it down. Waters is a little more versatile in who he can guard because yeah. Waters can guard one through five, really, which is kind of crazy. Really sneaky athletic because he looks really awkward at any He's the he most does. awkward good basketball player I've ever seen. I've seen myself play. I'm not good though. This is, I'm just awkward. Like yeah. he's awkward and good, and it makes like I don't understand it, but like it works. Yeah. Um, Dreamer does do a better, a little better job on the offensive glass and stuff like that. That's probably he's better than Waters. And he at. guards bigs better. Surprising. It's weird because you would think Waters Luke's a little bigger, thicker, yeah. but he's quicker. Luke is quicker sometimes. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Luke's quicker defensively. Sometimes West looks more quick offensively. Mm-hmm. But. uh Luke's also like deceptive with everything he does. Yes. So I don't I don't know if he's actually quicker or and it just looks awkward, so I think it's slower. But and then uh, Tyler Dorr will give him minutes too as well if they need him too. Yeah, Tyler Dorr's always good for one charge John every time. And he's the one who dimed up Diego for that dunk Thursday. He he's became a really good passer out of the post when he gets yep. in there and uh, brings a lot of valuable minutes. Smart guy. Um shout out Tyler Doherty. Uh, but also Oklahoma Baptist, they have four guys in Simmons, Lewis, Stoddart, and Lowry averaging between 10 and 12 points a game um, with from ascending to descending order. Um, and then two more guys, Hicklin and Thompson, both averaging about nine points a game as well. So very even across the board scoring-wise for them, but it's really tough to beat Northwest when you don't have a go-to guy who can hit tough shots. Unless one of those guys emerges with that in the tournament, 30 games in the year, I don't see it happening. That's tough. 
Yeah. Against a team that plays as good defense as Northwest does, because you don't touch the floor unless you play defense Northwest. It's kind of Yeah, um, just a quick shout-out to call Devin out. This all sounds really familiar, because somehow we mess up the podcast and we're doing this for the second time. But I'm just happy we got 11 minutes in before you know before you said anything. Yeah. <laughs> no one gets to hear me make fun of you unless they actually listen to the most of the thing. So that's my little – I'm much more, better on the second time through. The more you listen, the more you get to make fun of – Get to hear me making fun of Dev. That's fair. Which is everybody's favorite part. By I deserve that. It's okay. Um, Oklahoma back. We also checked to make sure that it was still going. That's how nervous he was. So <laughs> Yes. We got through the whole thing. And I looked over and it's not recording. The whole thing just closed down. And I was like, what just happened? Oh. Um, anyways, it's okay now. Cause we're rolling. We're doing good. Um, we got thrown off topic there for a minute. But um, as I was saying, uh, Sims, 6'4 guard for Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, Lewis, like a 5'8". Guard who can score a little bit. Stoddart, 6'7", wing guy. Uh, kind of built similar to Ryan Hawkins. I'm not saying he's that type of player, but it's kind of his build. And then Lowry is a 6'7", 240. Kind of a bigger post um, for him as well. So we'll kind of see how they match up with Northwest. I'm not sure who the Lewis kid's going to guard. If he's going to try to guard Huggins or Diego. And if so, Diego might just post him up. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what kind of happens with that, those matchups on that end as well. What we've seen a lot from a lot of teams do is that they'll guard Diego with their big. So that would probably be leave the small guy on Hudgens. But if, or they might just put the small guy on Welty because all he does is shoot threes. Yeah, well, you know, like that's real small. 5'8 is real small. So it's very Welty has a 5'8 guy on him. That's what Missouri Southern did with CJ Carr, though, a couple years ago. They put him on Welty. They put Jennings on Welty the other day, too, mm-hmm. and he's small. Yep. But – then when Welty got any kind of look, he was like, it's like being wide open for Welty. Like, you should go for a even if Jennings is three feet away, well, Jennings left him for a half account. Welty got a three off. Yeah. Like, that's all it takes when you have that small guy. And Southern also plays us two to three times a year. Yes. So they're like, CJ Carr can guard Welty because he knows, like, I can't leave this guy at all. Ever. When you play a team for the first time, like, you know the scouting report, but it's not ingrained as much. So it yeah, just like Oklahoma Baptist, like, number 44 can shoot. So leave him at your own peril. Yeah. He's making over 50% of his threes this year for a reason. Yeah, he leads the nation in active uh, three-point percentage. And it's been over four years. Like, it's not just like this year. It's He shot, what, 67% his freshman year? Uh, something stupid. It was stupid high. It was a lot of them. He probably should have shot more. But he's like, nah, not quite all the way open yet. So I'll pass it around and shoot in a couple minutes. Yeah, but then he also had pits. So, like, you can make the argument he shouldn't have shot more. <laughs> and Zach Snyder. I think it's a lot of good, it was, that was a good team. The reason they won the championship that year. Um, yeah, so Oklahoma Baptist, this is their first year ever making the NCAA tournament in Division II. Um, sorry. You got to play a very you, juggernaut. Sorry. You get a trip to Maryville, Missouri, <laughs> and then you get a trip right back home. Yeah, so. So, which, good story for them. Congratulations to making the tournament. It's just it's just a tough matchup for them. Normally, it's a tough matchup for most teams, just the way it is. Um, and everyone kind of knew this region this year was the one at the top, and then the next two to ten were all pretty close to each other. Kind of thing on matchups, and just who got the eight seed was unfortunate. Yeah, but they made they what they had to do to make the tournament, and that's what matters. That first step for a program making the tournament is huge. So shout out to the Bison for that. Four or five matchup now: Northern State versus Missouri Southern. Um, Northern State, the four seed, because they lost to Southern Nazarene and Southeast Oklahoma early in November, so they both got the seeds over them through the head-to-head tiebreaker kind of thing. Uh, Northern State did win their conference in the regular season and won their conference tournaments. A uh, very good basketball team. Um, the year that Northwest lost in the first round of the region, they ended up winning the region that year and lost in the championship game to Ferris State. So they do have some success with their current coach. 
of making deep playoff runs and being very good in the playoffs. So we'll see how they kind of – so the moment's not going to be too big for Northern State um, going in here. Parker Fox, their best player, averaging about 20-9 and nine this year. Um, 6'8", 210-pound, athletic big. Um, him, a bit of a hothead from what I've heard from people who either watch or cover Northern State. Um, him versus Cam Martin, yeah, the big from Missouri Southern, averaging about 23.5 and, and 9 rebounds, a block and a half a game. Should be a lot of fun. Cam Martin is a load inside. 6'8", yeah. 240, and he knows how to use it. Yeah, he does. Uh, that will definitely be interesting. I assume that both people in that matchup will score a lot of points because <laughs> Cam will muscle. If he's only 6'8", 210, Cam will destroy him physically. Cam is so big, so strong. Um, Especially if they let him throw his weight around a little bit down there because it's tough. It, it is very difficult to officiate Cam Martin because yes. you know going into that matchup, he's going to be physical with you, so you have to be physical back with him. So it's hard to tell who initiates the first contact with that stuff because if you don't be physical with him, he will just mow you over and then slam on your face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, really tough. Based off his build, 6A210, athletic, I assume that Cam Martin will have a lot of struggles guarding him as well. Um, Southern might do what they do with Northwest and just find a guy that can't shoot and put Cam on him and mm-hmm. have uh, – they do have some very versatile defenders like Lambert, as we've talked about. Lambert, Clark, and Walker are all very good defenders yeah. for him. So maybe put Lambert, just switch up some matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess, I don't know Northern State top to bottom very well, so I don't know how Southern will. Yeah, two other guys. Kind of, uh, Mason Stark averages about 16 a game, and then Gabe King, we've seen him play before. He's averaging about 12. Um, if they step up and play big as well as Fox, they can be tough to beat. From Missouri Southern, we've already talked about Elijah Clark and Kinzer Lambert. Um, two very good basketball players. Clark can hit. Is a tough shot maker. He takes yeah. tough shots. He makes a lot of them. Um, They're really seen, a three. We've seen him monster. for four, we've seen him for four years make tough shots. Yep. I mean, he's been there for a long time. He's been really good for a long time there. And then Lambert, good shooter, terrific defender. Um, can guard. Always stretch fours in the guard. I mean, he's a good player for a reason. And of course, Braylon Walker is there. Defending guard, he's more of their. Yeah, the he doesn't score a lot. They have the, I'm gonna butcher his name, Desasau that comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. He, he can played, score a lot. He played well versus Rogers. Yeah, right? he doesn't. He doesn't play a whole lot of defense, so you kind of sacrifice that for that. He can guard smaller guys, but he's not. He's still really small. He's I want to say he's a freshman. I think so. I think you're so right there. Um, just hasn't muscled up yet, but. He'll get there, I'm sure. Southern always is good at building guards. Clark didn't seem that good. I mean, he he looked good, but he didn't make the shots that he takes now. He kind of mm-hmm. just shot some shots, and he definitely wasn't the defender that he is now. Yes, coming out. And uh, they list that um, whatever his name is at six foot one seventy. Yeah, I mean he's just he's small, yeah. so he gets muscled around. But so I don't. If Northern State can take advantage of him when he's in there, but he'll take advantage of them too because quick. Off mm-hmm. the dribble, can shoot threes. Just Southern's a really tough matchup all around. Um, I think I trust the next two best players for Southern more than I trust Stark and King for Northern with Clark and King Lambert. They're pretty consistent there with them. Oh, yeah. So um, I think Southern does sometimes get very Martin reliant and they kind of forget about Clark and Lambert, which can kind of put them off a little bit. Um, which I think I, sometimes it, they forget about Lambert. I would not say that Clark is ever fair. out of their game plan. That's uh, so you forget about Lambert sometimes, which is understandable because Martin and Clark are both studs. Studs, so it's understandable to forget him sometimes. Um, especially if Martin has a post matchup down low, which he usually does. 
um, it's tough to ignore that. Yeah, and uh, since you said the one kid's a hothead for uh, Northern from stuff you've heard, Missouri Southern's been in a lot of chippy games lately too, so that yes. could be an interesting aspect of that one as well. Yes, it could. <laughs> um, refereeing will probably be really important, or officiating will probably be really important in that one as mm-hmm. well because if they call everything tic-tac, that does not help Cam. No, he'll get in foul trouble really quickly. And uh, also that depends on if they call that travel that he does. Because I don't know, to this day, I've watched Cam play three times this week mm-hmm. and multiple times. I still don't know if it's a travel. It's tough. Because, well, okay, sometimes he shuffles his feet, which is obviously a travel. Yeah. But the move he makes is called a travel like 25% of the time I watch it. And every time I see it, I don't know <laughs> if it's a travel. But they called it twice early against Northwest. Northwest yes. And um, so if you get an official that thinks that's a travel – and calls it, that's a huge hurt as well for them. Just little things that you wouldn't think about being a big deal that could end up being a huge deal. And Martin, another thing, he can shoot outside too. So trailing top of the key, he can hit that three. He hit, I think, when they played Missouri Western earlier, he hit four in a row from there. He, he dropped 52 points in Missouri Western. I mean, he can he can drop points in he the up. He went on a quick 7-0 run versus Northwest on Sunday. And Last year in the regional in Washburn, he went 8 for 10. He's he from can three, shoot from he, three. He's a very good shooter. Transfer from Jacksonville State. He's very good. Um, I do think Southern Missouri Southern wins this game. Close game. Should be a great game. Uh, one thing it should be a great crowd as well. Uh, Northwest, of course, being the host school, playing the same session as these two teams, and they probably have two of the bigger fan bases coming up, um, coming up and then coming down from Northern State in the regional. So it's going to be a very tough ticket to get that Saturday night. Um, and then again on Sunday, the following day, if Northwest and those teams win. Something tells so, me I'll have a ticket. I will too. I'll be there. Something uh, tells me I'll get a pretty good seat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm working those two games. So. Oh, yeah, you're doing the sweeping, aren't you? Yes. Sweeping in water. You're welcome. Yep. I do that's put my talents to best use. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll have a great view of watching two really good basketball teams go at it for a chance to play Northwest the next day. Uh, do you know, you'll know this. You have the thing pulled up. Who plays first? Uh, Saturday? Yeah. At Northwest. So Northwest plays at 6, and then 8.30 is the scheduled start time for Northern State versus Missouri Southern. That's good. Then that way, like, because then, because I was Northwest thinking fans if it was the other way around, then Oof. it'd be really tough for those fans to get in the game because Northwest fans travel, and they travel early and often. And so, like, right now, like, the first game on Saturday is at noon and 2.30, and Northwest plays at 6. I'm guessing by 2 o'clock, there'll be people from Northwest – yeah. Minimum 2 o'clock. We'll be there waiting in line to get in the 6 o'clock game. Yes. And so they would stay for both games if Northwest just to make sure they got a spot. But since now that they can get out. They might leave, yeah. And some northern state and southern fans will actually get to watch their game. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I believe it's the it's the opposite way for Sunday, though. So for Sunday, the Northwest game is the late game. Yeah, that'll be tough. So just make sure. I, I guess. Which I don't know how much Nazarene, Henderson, Southeastern, Rogers State, you said travel well for the NCAA tournament. So we'll see. Which is still an hour and a half closer. Is it really? For Rogers. To Kansas City than to Maryville. Yeah. Other, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but you think Southern or Northern State? Um, sure. I got Southern. I think Southern's best team, second best team in this bracket. Tough matchup for Northwest either way in the second round. So yeah, Two very good teams who have playoff two experience. Big, and two good bigs. Yep. So I think uh, that Southern, if you or Northern from the way that you described them, 6A210. We'll have a lot less trouble guarding that. We have athletic mm-hmm. down there. Um, but he'll also be a better defender on the other end. He's a very good shot blocker. Yeah. Kind of almost in that Brady Skeens from Washburn 
kind of build and athleticism kind of deal, I think. You know, I'm not too worried about a shot blocker, though, because... We shoot a lot of threes. We shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> in the layups, we shoot a shot by Trevor Hudgens, and uh, he doesn't get blocked a whole lot. And Hawk will be the one right on him. Mm-hmm. I assume if you average one and a half blocks a game, you know that athletic. Most of them are from help. Yeah, from two and a half blocks a game. Yeah. Or two and a half. A lot of blocks come from help situations mm-hmm. like that, though. So. Yeah. so we'll see what happens there. And I'm sure Diego will try to meet him at the rim one time just because. Oh, boy. Diego likes to jump. <laughs> he does. He's very good at it. Um, then we got the 2 7 matchup, which is actually be the later game on the early session on Saturday. So 2 30 tip off is the scheduled time for Southern Nazarene versus Henderson State. Uh, 1 1 in the series this year. Uh, home team won both games. Henderson State won the first matchup at home by 19. Nazarene won the second one by four at home. Um, so you have the Reddies playing the Crimson Storm in this one, GAC rivals uh, for Northern Sun, so for Southern Nazarene. Uh, Jonathan Dunn, back-to-back GAC Player of the Year. Um, Mayor watching him back in the regional last year and earlier this year at the Civic Arena versus Northwest. He dropped 32 points on Northwest of six of eight three-point shooting. Ooh. And I think four of those, I think it was four, were contested deep threes. He was being contested by 6'8", Ryan Wealthy, and he splashed him. Very good shooter, tough shot taker, tough shot maker. He's averaging 25, I think, this year. Um, made over 111 threes and 111 threes. And then Spate, their second best player, he's averaging like 17 a game. He's made 114 threes. They're two really good shooters on the outside. They do have a big inside who's more defensive-minded for them. So we'll see what happens there. Henderson State, they are five starters, averaging between 15 and 10 points per game. Um, so they're going to hit you with a variety of ways and trying to score, uh, kind of like Oklahoma Baptist. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens there. Tough matchup for Nazarene, playing a familiar opponent in the first round. Um, but I think Nazarene wins this, I'm going to say, by about 10 points. I think Dunn and Spate being in this situation before will be enough to put them over the top. But Henderson State's going to give them a run for their money. Yeah, I, I remember Dunn playing last year, hit a lot of big shots. Um, Henderson State was there a couple years ago. I don't think they were there last year, were they? I don't remember them being in the tournament recently, but I don't remember. Um, but – when you get a lot of people that can score, it's always tough to. Southern Nazarene's well coached. I don't see them having a lot of trouble in that two seven matchup either. Yeah, I mean it's tough just because it's a familiar opponent. So they know everything you do really well, so they can. But you also know they do really well, so it's kind of a catch twenty two with that stuff. Um, with Henderson State, I'm trying to see last time Henderson State made the playoffs, I do not remember. I want to say it was the first regional we hosted, but I don't remember them being there. I don't know. Oh, boy. Talk for a minute. They have a really big record book. Yeah, they do. Good Lord. Um, I do like Northwest record book. Yeah, ours is really easy to follow. I wonder who helps update that. That's not true. I update the women's side, not the men's side. That's all Colin. Colin doesn't let me touch the men's side. That's probably for the best. He's smarter than that. (laughs) Oh, here we got to the records, finally. I got to go through all of them. Sorry. Um, So they were 19-11 last year, 14-14. 16 and 13, 9 and 19. So they haven't made it in a while. So they've been an average team in the GAC for a while now. So probably 03, 04 was oh the last boy. time they made it. Yeah, they couple three one seasons in there. They yeah, were good in the early 2000s, but they've been a while since they've been back here. Wow. Um, but, I mean, they're going to be a team. I mean, they went, they beat Southeast Oklahoma in the semifinals, and they beat Oklahoma Baptist in the championship game of their conference tournament to get in. They played really well there. Said earlier, Oklahoma Baptist, they swamped Nazarene in the semifinals and then lost to Henderson in the championship game. So we'll kind of see how they match up 
going there. Um, but we're both picking Nazarene to win that game. And then the last one, the three-seed Southeastern Oklahoma State versus the six-seed Rogers State. Um, for Southeast Oklahoma State, they bring a lot of guys back from last year's team that made the regional. Um, they won a regional game last year, scored over 100 points. They, they scored a lot of points that game. Um, and they're led by Kevin Buckingham. He averages about 23 a game, I believe. Very good player. Uh, can score from pretty much anywhere. So that's what they have for him. Um, and then Roger State, very physical basketball team. Very physical. Um, they did bring a good fan base, as you said, there to the NIAA tournament. Very passionate, very loud. That's what you told me in the last set time we recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that you said swamped both times. The Oklahoma Baptist swamped Southern Nazarene both times. You said the same word. Kind of caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, last year, Southeastern Oklahoma State beat Northern State 115-103 to 103 in overtime. And they lost to Missouri Southern by nine in the semifinal game, 83-92. So, yeah, they don't guard. A lot of points given up. They gave up about 96 a game in the tournament last year. Um, like I said last time, I think the biggest part of this will be how the game's officiated. Southeastern Oklahoma, not a very physical team. Roger State, a super physical team. If Roger State is allowed to be as physical as they want to be, uh, this could get ugly, actually, I think, because they they just guard. They guard so well, and like and it's physical. So if they're not allowed to guard like that, mm-hmm. it could also be ugly the other way. Yes, because a lot of them will get into foul get some shots up, and the other team gets some shots, open shots up now because they're less physical, and then Buckingham gets his fire, which Buckingham, I believe, in their game versus Henderson State, fouled out, had no points. In their semifinal game. And he still averaged 23 on the year? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I remember watching it because it was Saturday. I was busy. I was kind of just checking up scores. I thought they were playing Henderson State. I'm like, oh, remember the Buckingham kid from last year? Oh, he has zero points. How are they still winning this game? And then they end up losing at the end. Kind of need your best player to score. Yeah, that's tough. So, And they only lost by three in the score. So take that for what, you, what it is. explains why they probably got – it's part of, probably another reason they got the three seed over Northern. Because many takes all kinds of stuff like that into account. Um, yeah, I just I feel like Rogers has the advantage there. Okay, so recording stopped for thirty minutes, but we're back here just talking about Kevin Buckingham for Southeastern Oklahoma. Um, his career high, the season high this year was forty six points against Alaska, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last recording I said Arkansas Anchorage. I tried to avoid that. I still screwed it up. It's Alaska Anchorage. He scored 46 points on right before Christmas. So, yeah, I found a way to mess it up, even though... Alaska, Arkansas, guys. Alaska, Arkansas. Alaska, Anchorage. He scored 46 on them earlier this year. He's averaging 21 a game. Um, but he's been playing pretty well. as of late. Besides his last game, uh, he had zero points and fouled out against Henderson State in the semifinal. Was 0 of 7 from the field. Missed three threes. Didn't get to play a whole lot. Only played 15 minutes because of foul trouble. Um yeah, I love how that's going to be the ending of our last one that actually recorded, and now you're going to say it again on this one. But That's fine. I just wanted to make sure nothing gets lost here. Um, I lost track of time. We talked a little bit longer than we were expecting to in the last game here. Uh, Roger State and Northeastern and Southeast. Good Lord, it's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think I was back and forth. I'm going to take Southeastern in a close game. I don't think Roger State would be allowed to play as physical as they want to, and it'll hurt them in the long run. But I would not be surprised if Roger State won this game. Yeah, I'm going to take Roger State by like 10 to 15 points. They also got bigs, which from what what I can gather from Southeastern State, 
from just a roster and a stat standpoint, they don't play very many really good bigs. So. so that's what we have there. So we have Northwest. Okay, I had Northwest. They also don't have a kid named Brewster Peacock, which is probably one of the coolest names ever. So <laughs> That's fair. That's a good name. So I have Northwest versus Missouri Southern second round, You ha- and then Nazarene the versus Southeastern, and you have Nazarene versus Rogers. So only one difference here uh, between the two of us in the first round games. Um, but I believe Actually, I didn't pick. Oh yeah, I did. Never mind. You did. Um, but I think they're going to be. I think there's going to be three really close games. Yeah, I don't. Two and a half, maybe. The Nazarene Henderson kind of on the board. If that's going to be close, or if it's just yeah, I don't think Nazarene. that one will be close. And I, I really could see the Roger State Southeastern. I think the Roger State Southeastern Oklahoma will not be a close game, one way or the other, depending on how it's officiated. Okay. Because Rogers cannot score that many points. They will not keep up for very long if it's allowed to just be like a shootout, complete shoot fest. And if Rogers can play physical, Southeastern Oklahoma will have no answer for that. They did score 100 plus on Missouri Southern this year. I know we've talked about this, but I just. They, they don't know that though. Because <laughs> that got deleted. Oh, yeah. But Southern <laughs> plays no defense. That's fair. I'm just Some, saying. Well, the Southern plays no defense sometimes. The Southeastern play defense, though. Well, that's a good question. And they scored. They won 150 to 103 last year in their first regional game. So I, I stand by what I said. I don't okay. think Rogers will keep up. They can just get into a shootout. Um. So biggest or the Northwest? Biggest what? Biggest threat to Northwest Southern. Yeah, it's tough being the same team four times in about a month's time. And the worst matchup, player on player, Cam Martin. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a load. And the last two games, like the first game, Northwest blew Missouri Southern out. That game got that game was close for a long time. The Northwest caught fire in the second half and got some distance. Uh, the game in Maryville, um, for the in the conference game, that was a back and forth game. Northwest probably should have lost that game. Um, Trevor Hudgens with the buzzer beater to win it, and then the MIAA tournament. Northwest was in control most of the game, but Southern battled back late and made it very uncomfortable late for Northwest. Yeah, um, officiating. I, I don't know how much we're going to talk about it, but that'll be really important because if Cam is allowed to play physical, that makes the game a lot harder for Northwest. Um, if they call touchy defensive fouls, makes the game a lot harder for Northwest. But if they call – because Cam's stuff, it really – every time he does it, like you said earlier, it can go either way because both people are being physical. Because you know when you play Cam Martin, he's going to be physical, so you have to be physical with him back. So it's kind of who – initiates the physicality, which is tough for an official to decipher in a game in lifetime with two teams like that. So it's really tough to officiate Cam Martin. Both calls against him and calls for him is just really – it's a tough line to toe yes, as an and official. If Cam gets in foul trouble like he has a couple times this year, that'll be not a close game. Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, there. I do think Missouri Southern is a tough matchup. Also Nazarene because of Dunn, which is he's the type of player that can – We've seen it in the past. And Missouri Southern a couple years ago, before they had Cam Martin, had C.J. Carr and Elijah Clark hitting tough shots in Northwest. They pull off the upset in Mary. And Charlie Brown. Don't forget about Charlie Brown. That was, that was after Charlie Brown. That's after he got transferred. What? The upset? I know. Was he there for that upset? I, I remember his No, so Charlie Brown was there before the before, upset. Yeah. But then he was on uh, Minnesota State when they yeah, upset us. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the few games. Like, that was when Northwest had their – how many game home winning streak? It was – Oh, I actually think that Charlie Brown was on that team that beat us. He might have been. I can't game. remember. They had, they had the guys who were hitting just tough shots, and that's how you got to beat Northwest. You got to be, you got to play defense. You got to hit tough shots for forty minutes. You pretty much have to just 
out-execute Northwest, which is very difficult to do because they're a very efficient team. Um, but I think Nazarene and Southern are the two biggest challengers to Northwest. Even though I think Northern State could give them a game, I just don't know if they're going to beat Southern in that first round game. Um, Dark Horse in the region. Uh, Rogers would be mine. Yeah. That's the lowest seed that I could see winning. I don't – I if I could take a bet, and there's not really betting on D2 anyways, but if you could bet on one thing, my number one bet out of this bracket would be that an MIAA team wins the Central Region. I can see that, yeah. Because most likely Northwest play in Southern second round. Whoever wins that game will be the favorite to win the region anyways. Yes. And then you could see Roger State going through the GAC schools on the other side. And I think it's really tough for Northwest if you got to play. I think that they did draw a really good matchup at eight, where I don't mm-hmm. think they'll be really contested. And then you got to play Southern, which will be a tough game. And then you got to play if you have to play another conference person in Rogers at the end. The good thing about playing Rogers, you only did play them once, and they're the first yes. year in the MIAA, so it's not a extremely familiar opponent. They're a conference school, but it's only the first. You only played them once before. No, but they still watch your stuff because, I know. like, if Northwest plays Southern and you're scouting for Southern, you watch them play yeah. Northwest because you genuinely, if you're a good team, watch teams play other good teams. Yeah. So Northwest has probably been scouted by Rogers a lot from the, like, secondary. So um, it's just tough. You see a lot of them. You know a lot of them. Um, obviously, Rogers would have watched Northwest play three times this week too. Mm-hmm. You know, their coaches are probably at every game scouting stuff for both teams, so. Even though you're right, it's not the rivalry. It's not the same as Southern. They still have a lot of scouting and stuff on them. A lot of scouting, but they're not as familiar with each other as, say, if that was Central Missouri there or Missouri well, West. That's what Central I'm, Missouri didn't even make the MIAA tournament. I'm saying if like if Central Missouri was at Rutgers State level talent wise right now, yeah, and they tough. were in that spot, that's even tougher. You play a team that you face every year for how many years? Like you know them inside and out. Like so Rogers Central Missouri. How do you beat Northwest, beat Missouri Southern, and don't qualify for the MIAA tournament? You lose to Pitt State. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else in the conference. <laughs> uh, yeah. Things are in tough times down there in Warrensburg. They used to be the team that was contending with Northwest for conference titles, and now they missed the MIAA tournament. Yeah, it's just um, I feel like for a while now it'll probably be – if Roger State's case stays consistent, obviously this is their first year in the conference. Don't know how they do coaching, recruiting, all of that stuff, but I feel like this is Missouri Southern and Northwest's conference for a long time to come. Yes, I and by that, that I mean it's Northwest Conference for a long time to come. I'm trying to see who all Missouri, who Central. I think they did. They also beat Rogers, or they lose Rogers. They lost Rogers. We're good there. Okay, I thought they beat the top three teams in the conference and still missed the tournament. That'd be highly impressive. But yeah, so um, I just feel like Northwest. I feel like they probably come out of this. Um, they will have a couple battles. I don't know if Southeastern Oklahoma, if they come out of that bottom. I don't think that would be a very tough game for Northwest. Yeah, unless Buckingham just catches absolute fire. But that's tough to do versus Northwest. Buckingham is a shooter and a driver, but he's not a really like a super athletic one of those two, which is usually what gives – like Clark is a mm-hmm. extreme athlete. Ryan Welty is 6'8", and he's not, not athletic, but when it's a guy that can also out-athletic mm-hmm. him is sometimes where you know they score points. And I won't even say where he gets beat because it's – Elijah Clark rising over a contested jump shot. and <laughs> He still contests everything. You have to get up over Welty, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw from Buckingham last year, I don't know if that's one of his strong suits, but he also could have added more to his game. Like I said, I haven't watched them this year, mm-hmm. so it's always tough. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so it should be a lot of fun to see. And uh, playing at home, you have the home crowd every game. It's going to be a packed house in Maryville. If Northwest continues winning, they'll pack the house. Because um, right now, Northwest is not only the favorite in the central region, they're the favorite in D2 to win the championship right now. They're the defending champs. they got one loss. They've been the number one team for most of the year, except for a couple weeks after that first loss. So they've been a team that's um, definitely has a bullseye on their back, and they they know that too. So mm-hmm. it's one of those deals you have to come ready. Um, yeah, Northwest definitely wishes there was a bracket set up, though, because – Oh, yeah, since region stuff. Well, not only that, but also like the regions, the way they're set up now, Northwest would get Indiana if they beat – if They, they receive the Elite Eight. I know, but that's what I'm saying. They wish uh, it was a bracket. And then you get the East-Midwest matchup, which is terrible. I just don't think that the top teams, if you make it to the Elite Eight, I feel like Northwest has a really good shot. I think their region is one of the toughest things that they're going to have to do. It has been the last couple of years. I mean, we saw in the past having to get through Augie and Southwest Minnesota State and Nazarene last year and Missouri Southern. I mean, you had to get through these teams to get to that point in the first place. And then once you got there, even a few years ago, like – Augie, the year they won their championship, they beat Northwest by one or two in the regional championship. Yeah. Went on and just pretty much rolled everybody else in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Central Missouri, the year they won the national championship, they beat Northwest by one or two in the regional championship. Won their Elite Eight games by an average of like 17 points per game. I mean, the Central region has been tough. It's been one of the tougher regions. I mean, even the year Northern State made it, they went all the way to the championship game and lost to Ferris, who had a D1 big on their team. And they're really good. (laughs) Yeah. So... But, like, hey, the defending, um, the runner-ups from last year, Point Loma, they made it back in the bracket this year. They have the sixth seed. Good for them after losing their best player, who was yep. getting a G League. Was, I think in the G League now, and was getting summer league looks in the NBA, the D2 player. And he was good. Yes, he was. Um, he, they are the sixth seed this year in the West region. Which is crazy, because I'm pretty sure, like, two of their other players left, too. I think so. They were they had to rebuild, and they're, the Sea Lions are back in it. Um, UC San Diego is the one see the Tritons. I would imagine that Point Loma does not get out of that bracket. I would hope not. <laughs> um, and like West Texas A&M, they're a pretty solid team down there. Um, St. Edward's usually pretty good as well. Is, I, uh, is Kingsville a team that we – no. No. It's not. Uh, didn't Northwest play um, Southern Indiana this year and roll them? They're the sixth seed in the Midwest. Truman's the two seed in that region. Oh, we definitely rolled Truman. Yes. I believe they rolled Southern Indiana. I was at that game. Yeah, they I rolled think them. So. Uh, UND is the one seed in that region. Bellarmine kind of fell off a cliff. They're usually pretty good in that region. They're the five seed, but they could still. Did well, they, and they must have won their conference tournament. Be the five seed? I don't think so. I think, no, Truman won that one. They're in the same, they're in the GLBC with Truman. Truman won their conference tournament. I don't understand how Truman won a conference tournament, but we won. They got to play fair. too much. They got to play fair state in the first round. It's an interesting 2-7 matchup. Um, team yeah. that Northwest played in the lead eight last year, St. Asylum. They're the fourth seed in their region. St. Thomas Aquinas, they played in the one of the first championships, the two seed. Let's see, uh, so but some familiar teams. What was the first school you named? Asylum. They weren't supposed to win their oh their matchup last year. They weren't supposed to win their region. No, they were not. They were. I think they were six in their region or something like they that. They were six or eight or something. They were. They were low. Low seed. They came out of nowhere. Um. Lincoln Memorial is always tough. They're thirty-two and one this year. One seed. Uh, if they get by Queens, they'll make the regional. They'll make the lead eight. I mean, Queens is the only other really good team in that region, I believe. Um, and then I got Belmont Abbey round one. Uh, Florida Southern, the old friend. Um, 
Xavier Rhodes, Northwest transfer. Yeah. They're the one seed. Um, he does get some playing time. He's, I don't think he starts there, but he does get playing time there. They're the one seed in the of the south, the southeast region. I don't know which region that is, but Nova Southeastern is always pretty good in that region, but we'll see what happens um, over there. It's always tough when you get to the Elite Eight because a lot of the other teams down there play much different styles of basketball. You'll play a Aquinas or a San Salem who will press the whole time, and Northwest really hasn't seen a whole lot of that this year. And I'm not too I worried dare. about it either. I'm not too worried about I it either. Um, I, we've been pressed a few times this year, and all we do is give Diego the book, Bernard the ball, and he runs through them faster than they can even trap. So, And then, like you saw a few years ago, Fairmont State, Northwest, I think that was a championship game, wasn't it? And they were just Lincoln Memorial Championship game. Fairmont was the championship. Yeah, because Lincoln Moore was a tough one in the semifinal. And then Fairmont was the championship game. And Northwest handled the press and yeah, won. He got out of hand. Yeah. So, yeah, pressing usually doesn't work for Northwest because they have good guards for the last and they 10 have, years. They have everyone up to five that can handle the ball at some level. That's pretty good. Just say that they went from Deshaun Cooper to Justin Pitts to Trevor Hudgens. Yeah. And, I mean, your five is Ryan Hopkins, who's a solid ball handler. So Yes. So you just clear everyone out, and you're like, hey, our five's going to bring up the ball. Your center going to press him. Good luck. <laughs> so, yeah, Northwest, um, the favorite two in the championship again this year. I mean, they've lost one game combined the last two years. So until someone beats them and knocks them off, they had the bullseye on their back. Um, and they got home court for the first three games. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, Elite eight and final four in Evansville, the championship game is in Atlanta. I don't like that. I think it's I really either. weird. I don't like it either. But they want, they're trying to centralize everything to where all the championships happen in the same place. I feel like if you're going to do that, do the Elite Eight, too. Yeah. But I don't like how the Elite Eight and Final Four was it Thursday, Saturday, and then a week later, championship game. Yeah. I don't like that big layoff either. But there's also a big layoff between the first-round games and the Elite Eight. The regional See, to me, the Elite eight. I, if I'm Northwest, I don't like it per se, because a lot of our offense is just like little, little, little different things. And the more time you have to scout it, obviously no one's done a very good job. (laughs) But I feel like if you got to really like, it gives you more of an advantage. Like Northwest doesn't really change a whole lot of what they do. Any game, Mm -hmm. like game to game, they're very consistent on what they do. You mean the pick and pop top of the key and then attack. Yeah. I mean, they add wrinkles and stuff, but, and defensively they just play their game. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't do a lot of different stuff. I guess it could help there if you're playing a team that presses in that first-round game. You have time to work on the press breakers a little bit. That's the only thing. that. I but also, really I mean, you get Mac for a week, so I guess you still probably have the advantage even though you don't make up a lot of adjustments. Mac is a very good coach. <laughs> yeah. It's, It'll be interesting to see known. how long he, gets, he stays here. Um, I, I could see a D1 team coming after him eventually. You keep racking up championships. Eventually they'll come calling. I mean, I mean Kim only got one. Yeah, he's got two now. He's going for his third in four years. Yeah. And they've lost, what, six games? Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's the thing, too, to me. is like It's not just they're winning championships and, like, sneaking. The, they're, they're dominating the regular season and tournaments and stuff. Because, to me, a tournament setting tells you more about your players than your coaches. Like, you can't you can't out-coach a team, per se. But, I mean, like, it's really, are your players hot or are they not? And yeah. you get not hot for one game and you lose. It doesn't matter how well you coach mm-hmm. that game. It's just... We lost because we lost one game. You yeah. could be the best team, the best coach team, the most talented team all year. Shoot, shoot bad one yeah. game and you're out. 
Yes. That's what makes college basketball so tough, and that's what makes it so crazy how good Northwest has been in both a regular season and a tournament setting for the past five years. For the one time they were knocked out early, their best player, best player in the nation was hurt. Yes. And they still almost won that game. Yep. I don't think that they would have had – I don't know, though, because it's tough for me because I think if you get out of that game somehow, that it all gets easier. Possibly. I mean, you saw the first year they went to the national championship. They did play August 8th of the first round. No, they played Upper Iowa the first round. And 82-80. It was a very close game. And they played Augustana, who was a out-of-conference rival at that point. They played each other a lot the last couple of years and rolled them yeah. the next game. They kind of those first game jitters kind of out of that first. Well, especially your first game jitters playing without Justin Pitts. To me, that's why it would have yeah, that's fair. made it a lot easier. Which they had a decision that year if they wanted to pull the red shirt off Hudgens or not. They did not. Now they have a chance for four championships. <laughs> Yeah, to me, there's really probably no wrong answer there <clears throat> if you win a national championship. But if you don't win a national championship, you made the wrong thing. And yeah. with a tournament setting, like I said, it's, it's just – I, I, you can't pull the red shirt there. No, it's too late in the year, which, which kind of sucks because that team was really good. But it's good because now I get to watch Trevor for four full years instead of – Two more years. Three and – yeah, and then you still have another also, one. Yeah, can Hawkins. we just – like real quick for Northwest, like Ryan Welty's a senior. Kirk Finley got hurt in the Duke game. The exhibition was a senior. Talador is a senior. So that's one impact player, one other role player you're going to lose to graduation. Hawkins was a junior this year. And then you have Diego and Hudgens, both sophomores, Dreamer and Waters, both freshmen, and a couple of the freshmen redshirted here. They're going to be very good in the next couple of years. It's, there's not a big – it's not like the same as like senior-laden and – No, and Trevor plays like a senior, and that's what drives – like I, blows my mind. Like I don't understand it. Like they had, z- they played Western. Mm-hmm. They had zero turnovers in the first half in a rivalry game in the co- in the semifinals of the conference turnover t- tournament. You had zero turnovers. They ended up with like five. I mean, that's still a really low number for a game. But like Trevor Hudson's, um, even last year as a freshman, the way he controlled the game and nothing, he never got sped up. Yeah, that's the hardest thing as a young player to not get sped up. This is like a point guard. Just always just play at your pace. And then, but even when he gets sped up, it looks really fun. Yeah. he He's really good. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, as good as he is around the basket, his step back three is also very dirty. Yeah. I don't know how he gets that thing off over some taller defenders, but he's also very quick with it, and he's very accurate at the same time. Yeah. So it's pretty solid. Um, I believe this year he has a chance to break Snyder's three points in a, in a season record, which – Another record that I thought would never be touched because Zach Snyder made like a Well, and the crazy part about that is, too, like Zach didn't take twos. Like, I think he made one two this senior year, the year he broke the record. Yeah, he just shot threes. He's very good at it. Um, I usually have the record book pulled up, but you don't have it up right now, and now I do. Um, yeah, three-pointers made in the season. Actually, Wittes has the record now. had 114 last year, but Snyder, 108, 101, 91, also had – a 90 season. He had another one in there. He had three of the top four, whatever. So. You said 114? Yeah, 114 is the record. I think he has over 100 right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's also got the highest in the nation for percentage. Like, he is just. What insane. is his three-point percentage this year? Once you get it pulled up. I will tell you. Oh, my gosh. What happened here? Okay, as you're saying with that, um, well, Wealthy, we said this earlier in his freshman year, uh, 66.7% of threes, 52 of 78. 
That's ridiculous. Uh, Hudgens is shooting 53% from the behind the three-point line. Which is made, the second best in school history. He's made 105. 105, which puts him, as a look here, uh, third behind Wittes in Snyder's senior year. With potentially, like, how many games would that be? Five, um, six. Six games left? Yeah. Yeah, he might just destroy that. Great. I feel so bad for other teams to play this. So, um, too many shooters, too many good players, and they're all smart basketball players. That's the – they don't take very many dumb shots, if it really any. If it is, it's because the shot clock's running down. They have to. Yeah. And even um, then, it might go When in. you watch Mac's reactions, you'd think more of them are dumb shots than they are. <laughs> uh, Mac is – I will say, if you were coming to Maryville, just watch Ben McCollum on the sideline. It's it's fun. It's, it's almost fun. as entertaining as the basketball. <laughs> Um, so yeah, well, we went really long there again, but that's fine. That's what we do. That's all we do. I will put stuff in the notes about win time stuff, things. So if you just want the D2 stuff, by this point you already have it, but I did go in and put minutes in there. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for stopping by, Luke. It's fun. It's later now. You're going to eat supper. Yeah, I'm really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for Straight Up Sports.